Hello, this is Gideon Rothstein, and this is Perak Ted Zayin of Sefer Mishlei, chapter 16 of the book of Proverbs. It is a day in which we gain from learning from the Vilna Gaon's commentary as recorded by one of his students. However, we are going to try to learn the mistakes of our own past and not try to over-read the Vilna Gaon. Where, uh, he is such a rich commentary that you could spend on each Perak, on each Pasuk, several minutes discussing the ramifications of what he's suggesting, and then we get all caught up, and then I go away over time, and then I'm not happy with my presentation. So, in the name of trying to do better, there will be Pesukim today that I will simply just read and translate, and, and, and briefly say something on my own, but I will not say the Vilna Gaon, and then we'll try to make sure that we have a Perak that brings us together to several important central ideas but not every single Pasuk having the commentary of the Vilna Gaon on it, although many of them will. So Pasuk Allah starts with, La'adam ma'archileiv, u'mehashem ma'aneh lashon. A person has all of his thoughts to decide, but what he says depends on Hashem. So the Vilna Gaon takes that fairly literally. So for example, if you want to speak before the king, you need to have a very important speech you're giving, you, the Vilna Gaon says, should really focus on turning to Hashem because Hashem will give you the way to speak and whatever Hashem puts in your heart to speak, that's what you should do. So this is similar to interesting. I years ago read in a book that was a very nice book at the time called um, The Magid Speaks, where Shalom Shwadron was a famous Magid in Yerushalayim, and he had a custom that if he ever had a thought while he was speaking, he would always make sure to say it because he assumed it came from Hashem. That's what the Vilna Gaon is saying here too, to really rely on the fact and to assume the fact that when one is speaking on important occasions, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there with you, helping you out, and if you have ideas, they're coming from Hashem. So too with Torah, the Vilna Gaon says, when you're learning Torah, you should really be learning to try to figure out what Hashem will teach you from it, and Hashem will give you to learn and to teach others and to not only benefit from Torah but to spread Torah. So the Vilna Gaon takes the Pesach, uh fairly literally. You can think what you want but it's Hashem and therefore we should really turn ourselves towards Hashem when we're looking to learn and to teach and to speak and to think. We should hope and pray from Hashem that we get the inspiration to do it in the in the most productive ways. Pesach bad. Hashem continues the same idea basically. Since people tend to follow, and we've seen this in previous chapters of the definition of a kseel or an avil, but the Vilnagon is saying it's just the way people are, is that they tend to follow their first interests, their first desires, and they think of it, and we self-justify. That's a part of the piece of it. It's not just that we, it's not, there are very few people who say, oh, I'm an evil person, I'm going to follow this evil desire. We find a way to convince ourselves that this is a good desire. So therefore, Hashem is really the one who knows if we uh, if we have real good intention in our hearts, and that and with and there's no there's nothing about ourselves in it. It's just a really about serving Hashem. Whereas we're not able to say that. So part of the point of that would be then the next passage. Since we tend to self-justify, and we know we tend to self-justify, the Vilna Gaon says, we shouldn't really rely on our intellects completely. What we should do is, we should make sure that our actions be a ratzon lifnei Hashem. And this is an idea that I think is a very vital one, but that is often lost in that many people today, sadly, even within the world of Torah, will read Torah and Torah sources, meaning Rishonim, Achronim, Gemaras, whatever it may be, and find what they like, and then take that. And really... What the Vilna Gaon is saying, and I think it's an extremely important idea, is that since we are so ready to self-justify, we can easily make sure to find and even to subvert things in Torah to what we want them to say when they're not really saying that. 
and that what we really should be doing is submitting ourselves to Torah and learning from Torah rather than imposing ourselves, ourselves upon Torah. And those are very uh, delicate things to do because we always tend to think we see the way things the right way. What we should be doing is trying to learn from others. That's why very often I've been talking about, especially in Mishle, learning from these commentators and trying to keep myself out of it because we tend to self-justify. So what I think of the world and what I think of the way the world works, if I find a Rishon or an Achron who says what I think is true, I'll feel more comfortable with that because they said it too and it's not just me talking but I have to also be very careful and I'm sure I've done this but I know I've seen other people do this where they'll read what a Rambam says or a Ramban or whoever is or a Gemara and they'll read it in a way that's very self-serving and that's not really what that Gemara says so that's a very healthy dose of self-suspicion that the Gilna Gom is saying and therefore it's we should try to put it onto Hashem and try to turn to Hashem for help and assistance in making sure we find the true path to serving Hashem. Hashem made everything uh, for a purpose, even the wicked for an evil day. The Vilna Gon says the wicked is that it's to uh, punish those who have turned away from Hashem's mitzvot. That, that's why there are Rishayim. In other words, this gets to the question of how much hashkachad you see in the world. That whole idea that I can be speaking and Hashem will teach me what to say, that the only that only works if we come to believe that Hashem interferes in the world in that in those instances. There may be instances where it does, especially if one is speaking to a king, that's an important historic event perhaps. But it's not always clear that that's the way Hashem works in the world. The Vilna Gon is coming out of a tradition, and Rishol Shodron that I mentioned before, that seems to see Hashem's Hashkach, Hashem's involvement in the world very, very uh, clearly. Um, and and uh, and so the Vilna Gon goes on with that, and he says that Kol uh, is that Hashem made everything so that we would know what Hashem created in the world. The Vilna Gon is just an example of the way he learns. I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to spend time on it. But the Ma'anehu, the Vilna Gon reads as Leman Hevav, Hey being the five books of the Torah, and Vav being the six orders of Mishnah, and he goes on from there. And again, it's the kind of thing that's very interesting to watch, but we do not have the time of it in this context. But that's another way of reading Mishnah and other parts of Tanakh. We split up words like that, and the Vilna Gon does that as well, but we don't have time for that. But the Vilna Gon then does go on to say here, of these last four psikkim, and he says, these last four psikkim are pointing out to you that everybody has, he says, everybody has a path in the world that Hashem wants them to do. And, and, and that they should be looking to fulfill. And people aren't the same as each other. We're not shaped the same. We don't have the same talents. We don't have the same natures. And when there were Nevi'im, the Vilagon, he says, you used to be able to go to Nevi'im and have the Navi tell you what your path that Hashem wanted you to do was. This is a striking image, especially since the Vilagon is right around the time of the rise of Chasidut. And he's a very opposed to much of Chasidut. But this is an idea that Chasidut takes on, that the Chasidut, the idea that there's a, a well, we say Navi, they thought that Tzadik could do it as well, that Tzadik would be better equipped than the ordinary person to figure out for you what your life path was. So the Nagon says, even when Nevuah went away, you had Ruach HaKodesh, you had people who had um, greater insight into the world that came from Hashem, and then that could teach you how to go. And every person in the Vilna Gaon said, here, you might have thought that would say, so go to a person with Ruach HaKodesh, with Chassidim, do they go to the Rebbe? And the reason they go to the Rebbe is they assume the Rebbe has greater insight into what Hashem wants from them. That's a whole tradition, but the Vilna Gaon seems to be sharing it, except here he says that every person actually has that kind of Ruach HaKodesh in terms of themselves. The problem is we also have these competing competing 
interests, desires, and goals that take us away from that. And therefore, we have this whole problem in that we have somewhere inside of us, this is sort of the modern way to say it, and I'm going to skip a lot of stuff in Vilna Gaon, but I have somewhere, we have somewhere inside of us the ability to identify what Hashem wants from us. problem is we also have all these negative parts to ourselves, each and every one of us, and therefore it's hard to know whether we are self serving in our decisions, or whether we're getting into contact with what Hashem really wants from us. And that's what Golal Hashem Ma'asecha means, turn to Hashem with it, and put it on Hashem, it's, since we don't have the ability to figure out whether we know the right or the wrong, we just turn all our actions towards Hashem, because that's really what Hashem wants. So, a wildly rich comment, but we don't have the time to go into it further. I've thrown out enough things that I think there's a lot to think about there in terms of how much can we rely on ourselves, how much can we not, how we balance those two, what the path is to having insight into how we should act. So the Gold says that even if somebody has any amount of gavhut, of arrogance, of conceit, of sense of their self-importance, it's metu'av v'mishokat, so it's an abomination towards Hashem, and Hashem will not let you get away with that. Even though Hashem is chasid b'chol ma'asav and doesn't punish kefi hadin, doesn't punish the way we deserve, and usually goes l'fnim b'shirat hadin, but not for gvalev. So one of the chief characteristics once you get rid of, definitely will be, the question will be, what do we mean by gvalev? We'll see that in a later comment of this parak. But anybody who's that, got that sense of arrogance in there, they are really in some way testing Hashem's kindness because Hashem that's a thing that's really a toy vibe for Hashem that a person should think of themselves as vitally important and this comes up I think much more often than we tend to think it does uh, I think a lot of anger a lot not all but a lot of anger has to do with arrogance how could you dare treat me that way so that whole idea of me is part of the arrogance that I think the Gavon is talking about that's part of the Gvalev I'm so important how dare you do that to me rather than for example it hurts me when you do that that's all different discussion so, means with kindness and truth, Hashem atones for sin, and that's part of how we get rid of sin. and Shari Tshuva have a discussion of that, that the action, that if somebody wants to do Tshuva, one of the ways that they should do it, preferable to fasting out of remorse, is to do extra actions of kindness with other people. And by following the fear of God, you will manage to stay away from Ra. So the only going here, I won't say the whole comment, but one of the interesting insights that he points out is when it comes to tshuva and turning away from a bad path, there are two parts to it. There's the past, and there's the future. Oh, for the past, that's because of the Yuchaparavan. We have it, kindness from Hashem, that we can do tshuva, and then if we do actions of chesed and emet, Hashem will give us kapar, and we'll earn atonement. But that doesn't take care of the future. And so for the future, we have to figure out ways to make sure we don't return to our evil paths. And that's Virat Hashem, Swim The more we can increase and improve our fear of God, the more we will be Sar We will avoid future evil as well. Hashem likes what you're doing. Your enemies will also make peace with you. Now, the literal way to have read it would have been to say that would have been very much in line with things that the Gavilna Gon does say, would have been to say that Hashem will make your path work out well, and even enemies out there will uh, will make peace with you and will treat you well. But he doesn't go that way. He thinks Gam Oyevav is talking about an internal issue. So he says, in line with Pasuk Vav, person shouldn't say, how can I possibly do tshuva? Because after all, I've got inside of me, and there's an interesting insight into the nature of the Yetzirah, the nature of the inclination. I've got three kinds of Yetzirah. I've got uh, the one that just talks about my past actions and and says bad things about me in heaven. 
And then there are the paths that I have from my youth, which are very difficult to get rid of. I'm just used to following my instincts. And then there's um, the ishara, the inclination towards doing other kinds of bad things. And the Vilagon says this passage is saying that in all the forms the Yitzhahara takes, whether it's the intellectual form of longing for certain things or just the uh, animalistic appetite and desire for certain things, all of those, when Hashem, Ritzot Hashem, Ish, then your enemies, meaning your Yitzhahara, your internal side, will make peace with you. In other words, he's saying that if you put your path towards Hashem and you turn towards Hashem for help and you set that as the goal, what you will find, and it may take time, he's not saying it happens right away, but what you will find is that your internal pushes to do evil will also recede and you will have the benefit, therefore, of having an easier time of going along the path. A man can plot out his course, but it's Hashem who directs his steps. I'm sorry, I skipped Pesachat, I apologize. It's better to have a little bit and get it with uh, justice and, and righteousness, as opposed to having Rov Tivot, getting a lot of food, meaning a lot of money, without Mishpat, without the right way of handling it. So the Vilna Gon says this is a challenging idea, but it's certainly a very much an idea that would have been popular in, you know, when the Vilna Gon lived in the late 18th century in Eastern Europe. He says a better person has a little bit from Olam Hazem, meaning not be very wealthy, not have a lot of a lot of involvement in this world, because if you have a little bit, then you're going to be able to give as much stuck as you're supposed to, and maybe even you'll give more stuck than you're supposed to. And you get all the credit for giving more stuck. So, for example, let's suppose somebody makes you know a hundred dollars a year. I'm picking crazy numbers just for the ease of it. They only make a hundred dollars a year, and they give twenty dollars stuck. It's remarkable. They've given a fifth of their income to stuck. So they're a remarkable person. Whereas if you rove to vote, if you have a lot, so then it's not clear that you're going to be able to live up to your obligations. And so too, the Vilna Gaon says, better to learn Torah me'at, me'at, a little, a little. This is surprising because the Vilna Gaon is famous for his widespread knowledge and insight and bikyut and, 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 and breadth of knowledge. He says, better learn a little bit bitstaka. And he defines that as, that he knows everything that he learns well. And he knows it well, meaning, he says at the end of this comment, that he knows it, how to, how to paskin, how to put it into halachic practice, he knows how to, how to put it into reality. Better to learn Torah that way than to learn rov to, or to learn a lot of Torah, but has no idea how to paskin, no idea how to put it into practice, no idea how to turn Hashem's Torah into a lived system. So in both of those, it's very surprising, right? You'll find many people today who will say, well, I'll learn a huge amount of Torah, a huge amount of Gemara, I'll learn, if you'll pardon the example, Dafyomi, but I won't know ever learn how to put it into Psakalakha. So at least here the Vilna Gon is saying that's not that's not that's not the way to read the Pasuk, and that's not what the Pasuk is meaning. So too with money. That's an interesting question. Is it better to have a lot of money with the risk that you won't give it as much stuck as you should, or just a little bit of money? Certainly the Vilna Gon's answer was better to have just a little bit, and then you can make sure you can keep track of all of your obligations. The counter argument, I can't resist mentioning the counter argument though is that with a lot of money comes the possibility of doing all that much more good. So it is true that it's more of a challenge. You can get caught up in, in enjoying too much of this world. You can get caught up in making the money. You can get up in lots of things. So there are many challenges to having lots of money. On the other hand, with the ability to have lots of money comes the ability to change the world in, in striking and in uh, very beneficial ways to the world if you do it right. So that's, I think, a, a big tension and a big um, challenge to think about for those who are in the realm of 
having lots of money. Pasuk Tet, leave Adam Yechashev Darkov Hashem Yachin Sado. This is what I read before, that a person, I read the English before without even noticing that I read the wrong, uh, that I was in the wrong Pasuk for what I wanted to talk about, that a person tries to figure out his way, leave Adam Yechashev Darkov Hashem, but Hashem really sets your path. So, uh, the Vildagon says you have, uh, so, let's just leave it. That a person tries to figure out his path, but Hashem is the one who really sets up his path, and we have to always know that. We have to know that if we have sins, we're going to have trouble. If we don't have sins, we're not going to have trouble. We should turn to Hashem and recognize that we can make our plans. We have to always be aware of Hashem's role in it. Pasuk Yud, Kesem al Siftei Melech, B'mishpat Loim al B'mishpat Loim al Piv. The Vilnagon here says, Kesel Sifte Melech is there's a certain magic, a certain uh, power. There's magic on the lips of the king and he cannot err. So this comes into the question of, again, the question of Hashkacha. And here when it comes to kings, uh, well, I don't know if we're going to see it in Benyona, but there's a famous, uh, not a famous, I don't know if it's famous. Uh, there's a comment in Benyona about, about kings as well, where Benyona says that kings have a greater level of providence than the rest of us because their decisions are so important. So here too, the Vilnagon takes a very similar position. He says, even if a king is fooled, even if someone brings wrong information to a king, he'll come out with the right result. And so too, the Vilnagon says, because the Gemara says, Man Malche Rabbanon, who are kings, the rabbis. And that with rabbis too, we have there's a Gemara in Gittin that tells a story like this, that even if you tell them the wrong facts, even if in the wrong situation, Hashem will protect them and it will come out with the right situation, the right result anyway. So that's a a very important statement or worldview issue that when it comes to certain people they are protected from error not because of their personal qualities but because of their impact on the world honest scales and balances of the Lord all the weights in the bag are his work there are um yeah, so we're just going to leave this pasuk. It's an important pasuk, but that uh, that Hashem has the real scales, and it's it's all abdicates of the decisions about how things go and and how to weigh things is really in Hashem's hand. Pasuk Yudbet to Avat Melachim Asot Resha Kibit Takot Yikon Kisei. The kings really object to. Now, I don't know if it's all kings. There are kings who thrive on on evil and on bribery and all those kinds of things, but the the well thought out king would understand that they should oppose evil because it's really when you have charity and proper justice in your society that it's going to be long-term. There's always a question between long-term and short-term. Short-term might be easier to get rich and to advance in life, even although the foundations are not that great. We're right now living through the Bernie Madoff thing and the Madoff scandal, and so they certainly in the short-term made lots and lots of money, but in the long-term it's not going to be a lasting kind of a thing. That's always the problem with schemes like that in their various forms. So that's what this Pusik seems to be saying as well, that real kings and proper kings will understand they want to have a kingdom that lasts for a dynasty, that lasts for generations, that lasts for their children and their grandchildren, will also be the kings, or whatever the system of government is, then you're going to hate evil and you're going to try to ruin it out and you're going to follow uh, justice and property and, and propriety. Same idea. They really want those who speak the truth. So there's always a question about presidents, for example. You have presidents who are famous for wanting people around them who will tell them the truth as they see it and then balance it. Abraham Lincoln is a good example. People are hoping that Barack Obama will be the same way. And then you have kings who don't want to hear that. So the answer, the, what Mishnah is telling you is that a proper king will want Sifti Tzedek and the very Sharim, those who speak truth and, and 
the truth as they know it and bring the right to the attention of the king because they are really, even if in the short term it's annoying or bothersome or troublesome, it is the better way to get to sustainability, to lasting um, to lasting qualities, and to a lasting economy, to a lasting uh, success of a society and of a dynasty. Pasuk Yudalad Chemat Melech Chemat Melech when a king is angry, um, so that is like the angel of death, because the king has the power to kill people. Whereas a chacham, well, a wise person, will have the ability to appease the king and make him see that there's not a need to be as angry as that. And so too, the Vilna Gon reads this postage as, so too as, v'chin Baruch so too with God, that a wise person, a chacham, will know how to be mechaper, because since Hashem, because uh, since he wants to be mitchakim, learn more and more, Hashem will not, will have a different form of or a different expression of anger with that person. So that's almost like a protectia kind of issue. If you have a person whose life is dedicated to nothing, and they do a certain evil, and you have a person whose life is dedicated to serving Hashem, and then they do the same evil for whatever reason, they get caught up in the same evil. Nonetheless, that second person, that's the wise person will be able to chaper Hashem's anger, will be able to appease Hashem's anger because of his greater dedication to those goals that Hashem has. Pasuk Tet Vav Ve'or Melech Chayim Uritzono Ke'av Malkosh And the king's smile means life, his favor is like a rain cloud in spring, meaning this is the reverse of the puzzle that came beforehand, that when Hashem, when a king is happy with you, then everything's going to go well with you, and so too would be with Hashem. I'm not going to do the commentary here because we need to push on. Pasuk Tet Zayin so the Vilna Gon says so the literal translation of the Pasuk is how much better to acquire wisdom than gold to acquire understanding is preferable to silver the Vilna Gon just points out that you should know that wisdom is not the kind of thing that is obvious to everybody and it's bounded by Bina and Bina and Chachma come together just like silver is sort of included in gold. If you have gold, you have a lot of silver. And therefore, when you're searching for the two of them, they come together. And so that is, um, again, I'm not going to go further into this Vilna Gon, but there's more in the Vilna Gon, I will say that, but that the Mishle is saying, Rishlomo Melech and Mishle is telling us that getting the wisdom in the Bina is more important than gold and silver. And this is a challenge, very challenging thing for many people. They assume that, no, gold and silver is important. So, Perhaps you could argue, perhaps not even, although not even necessarily, perhaps you could argue that when it comes to basic sustenance, that's true. But once you have basic sustenance, so then wisdom is much more important than gold and silver. And this is a challenging, especially in America, where everybody assumes that money is the important thing. We've seen other comments in which they talk about that that's not true. It's very not a Jewish idea that money is the central thing, although money can be valuable and useful in many other ways. So the the path of the just, Mesilat Shirim, became famous as a book by Rav, uh, Rav Rosh Hashem Lutzato. The highway of the upright avoids evil. Mesilat Shirim is to avoid evil. And if you want to preserve your life, you watch your way. So Mesilat is the way that it's been cleared of stones. And Yisharim are people who have the right seichel, the right intellect to know, and so therefore they know how to clear the way, and they make sure to clear the way from, in order to avoid having evil. But you can make mistakes with your intellect as well, an idea that we've seen in this parak already before, and therefore, if you really want to guard your soul, you have to be no you have to always watch your path, and you always have to make fences for yourself so that you don't uh, come to transgress things 
God forbid. So, to avoid evil, but if you want to really watch yourself, you have to always watch your path, even though there are evil already tries to remove the stones from them. Pride goes before, we always in English say a fall, but here the JPS has before ruin, pride goes before ruin, arrogance before failure. So, it's a clear passage. I just point out that Vilnagon differentiates between Gaon and Govaruach. Govaruach is an internal thing. It's just that you feel like you're more important than other people, even if it doesn't express itself, whereas Gaon is where you try to lord it over others, and therefore the response to Gaon is shevered, that you'll be brought down, whereas the response to Govaruach, which is internal, is just Kishalon, you'll fail in what you're trying to accomplish. So it's better to be humble and among the lowly than to share spoils with the proud. So sorry, tov shval ruach et anavim, better to be shval ruach with the anavim, mechalek shalal et geim, from being around those. That's another example of the whole issue of trying to make sure you avoid pride and being with the high and the mighty. So there's a danger there. The danger there is that you come to think of yourself as central and vital and important and you acquire all these wrong and bad character traits. Pasuk chaf, Maskil al davar ashrav. So if somebody he who is adept in a matter will attain success, but happy is he who trusts in the Lord is where the English has it. So the Vilnagon says, What does it mean? In Maskil al davar in Torah. If you're maskil at if you try hard and you work at it and you train yourself, so then yimsatov. But when it comes to this world, in other words, he splits the person to do. Maskil al davar that means you should work at it, you should learn it. Means that you should rely on Hashem. So which is it? The Vilna says the Pasuk means two different things. In the world of Torah, it's our job to learn the famous stories of Vilna Gon claiming that he had uh, some kind of an angel come to him and try to teach him hidden insights of the Torah and he rejected them because he wanted to accomplish Torah on his own. When it comes to this world, that's a Boteach Pashem. So that's an important uh, split between two areas of life. Pasuk of Aleph, Lachacham Levi, Karei Navon, Lekach. The wise hearted is called discerning. One whose speech is pleasing gains wisdom. So, Chacham, as we said before, has Tvuna in it to understand the wisdom on its own. So, this Pasuk, meaning that when you get wisdom, you'll get Tvuna with it. And so, that, that's as far as I want to go with this Pasuk, because again, we're running out of time. But that there's these two aspects of wisdom, and they come together when you acquire them. Pasuk of Bet Mekor Chayim. The good sense is a fountain of life to those who have it. And folly is the punishment of fools. Right? That the, the folly itself is the punishment because it will lead them into a worse and worse path. And that's not a punishment from Hashem. Hashem will make them do silly things. They have this evelet they haven't gotten rid of and that will be its own punishment. It, it bears the seeds of its own destruction. Yosef Lekach. So the heart of a wise person will teach him what to say. The mind of the wise man makes his speech effective and increases the wisdom on his lips. Meaning one of the things that wisdom is supposed to give you is an understanding of how to act and how to speak, what to say, what not to say. Not everything you would think of saying is the right thing to do, but rather you should check yourself. As we saw Rabbi Yonah saying in previous Prakim, and as is very, very clear from Mishnah, that you have to think through what you're going to do and what you're going to say before you do it. Pasuk of Dalet, Suf Devash, Imri Noam, Matukla Nefesh, Marpei, La'atzab. So the Vilnagon just differentiates between uh, Suf Dvash, which is sweet. Dvash is sweet, and Suf is even sweeter. And 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 the problem is Dvash, he says, honey is just sweet, but not good for you, whereas Suf is even good for you. And therefore, when after you pass away, 
you might get Gehenim, that would be for your soul, whereas Chivud HaKever is just for your body. And so the, whereas Imre Noam saves you from all of that. So he's saying that, that the Pasuk is talking about ways to avoid two different kinds of judgment by God by doing things that are good for your body and then good for your soul as a whole. And there are different kinds of things. He doesn't elaborate on that. But that's what he understands the Pasuk. Pasuk This comes back to the question of being, um, being suspicious of ourselves to some extent or being very careful with ourselves as to what we believe or don't believe, what we understand or don't understand, because there are things that look good to us. He says that that's part of the way the Yetzirah works, that's part of the way the evil inclination works, is that it looks good and right and proper, whereas the end of it, the end of the road, is Darchi Navit, and we have to always, Darchi Mavit is a way of, of death. We have to therefore be very careful in the paths that we choose to be aware of the end results of those paths and to know which will lead us in the good ways and which will lead us in ways that are not. Good. The appetite of a labor laborer's room because his hunger forces him on. Um, and, and, so I'm not gonna go into the on this, but basically so that it's saying that there are instincts, there are internal instincts that will in fact lead you in the right way. So rather than just sitting around idle, your hunger can be a positive uh, force within you, leading you to, to adopt a life of work and honesty and, and striving. To fill that hunger, as long as you channel it in the right ways. A scoundrel plots evil with his on his lips is like a scorching fire. Blial is that you don't have any, the Velnagon says you don't have any fear of God, but like Blial, without the yoke of heaven, and that's an important insight into human nature, that those of us who are unwilling to yoke ourselves to a higher authority are Blial, or almost by virtue of that necessarily doomed to evil, because we don't accept the authority, and when those people will always be looking to do wrong, and therefore, even when they speak nicely, whatever they have in them, it will end up being bad, and then the Vilna Gaon says, and I'm not going to put it back into the words, but he brings up a, 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 a way of looking at life, of or human life, he's talking about machshavat, dibur, and ma'aseh, as being the three essential pieces to life that comes up often, I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned it, within the Vilna Gaon, thoughts and speech and actions are what makes up human activity in the world and in each of them and all of them we have to be careful and we have to watch ourselves to make sure we do the right thing a lawless man misleads his friend making him take no I read the wrong English sorry a shifty man stirs up strife and a querulous one uh, alienates his friend makes, makes fights Vinyargan Mafrida Luf and a querulous one means somebody who is hard to get along with. So the only piece I want to mention here is Ishtapukot means a person so the English had a shifty man. The Velagon understands shifty to mean somebody who tries to be everything to everybody. And so that person sounds like or seems like they're trying to make peace among everybody or they're trying to do the right thing by everybody, but really they're going to end up causing more fights, the Vilna Gaon says, because they're going to say to this one what he wants to hear about the other one and this one what he wants to hear. So there's a way to try to make peace among people, but it's not by being an Ishtapukho, by just doing what everybody says that they want or thinks that they want. An Ishamas, a person, and this is the one I read before, a lawless man who just wants to steal and take things from you, so he's going to lead his friend along the wrong path and, and down the wrong path. Um, and here too, the Vilna Gaon says the reason why we have all these reference, references to Ish in Chavchet and Chavchet, Ish Tapukot, Ish Hamas, and, um, and then, I'm sorry, Puzzle of Zion as well, Ish Blial, is that those are Machshavad, Dibur, and Maaseh, the three second we're talking about, that in each of these areas, we can be led astray by our 
worse instincts. Pasuk Lamed Otsa Einam Lachshuv Tapuchod Koritz Sifatav Kulo Ra'a. If somebody closes his eyes while meditating deception, he purses his lips while deciding upon evil, meaning that if you're planning to do evil, that you're going to um, be leading people on the way to. So if you see a person, or if you know a person, if you are a person, who starts focusing on this, that's a big problem, and that will end up being all for evil. Pasuk Lamed Aleph Ateret Tiferet Seva Bederach Tzedaka Timatzei Seva, meaning advanced old age, when Hashem gives you the opportunity, the Vilna Gaon says, yeshiva shel Torah to have a yeshiva of Torah, have a gathering of people of Torah when you're old, it only happens to a person who all the way along the way uh, acted b'derech tzedakah. In other words, the person who spent their whole life doing derech tzedakah, they're the ones who will be zoche, who will merit in their old age having the ability to have a yeshiva shel Torah. So that's an interesting aspect of, I just think in a lot of cases, let's say we know very famous Rishon Menachronim who sadly died extremely young, uh, so I don't think they're only going to say well, that's evidence that they didn't live a proper life, but but what the Pesach is saying according to the Vilna is that the ability to live into old age and have that experience of being able to teach from the perspective of old age with people coming to listen to you and hear from you, so that is one that the way to have a chance of getting there is by living a life of Tzedakah. And certainly it's true, just as a simple example, you know, when I was growing up, Moshe Feinstein was the God of Ladar. But by the time I was growing up, Moshe Feinstein was already a man in his 60s or 70s, perhaps even a little bit older, 70s and 80s even, uh, he had lived a whole life until then. And so that the way to get to the life where you get to be your 60s, 70s, 80s, and 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 have that yeshiva, that ateret tiferet of seva, that crown of Wonder of old age is b'derech tzedakati matzei pasuk lamid bet tov erach apay megibor moshiel berucho milochet ear. It's better to be an erach apay to be able to control your temper more than a gibor, more than being just a strong person, and to have control of your ruach, of your of your temperament as a whole, from when you conquer the city. Long will go here. We are out of time. I will briefly mention that he differentiates between those aspects of ourselves that we need to simply suppress and those that we need to have control over and find strategies to channel in the right direction. And that's the difference between a gibor and a locate ear. A gibor is somebody who's just stronger. So I can, you know, I can wrestle somebody. I can pin them because I'm just extremely strong. So that's just suppression. That's just having strength over somebody. But if I want to conquer a city as an individual or even with an army, I have to find strategies and stratagems. And that's the same thing as trying to control one's temperament. So therefore, anger is something that you just suppress. You don't look for strategies of that. You just have to suppress it. But in terms of shaping our temperaments as a whole, that would be more similar to a local ear, and that's why the Pasuk compares it to that. That's what the Vilna Gaon says. Last Pasuk. Bechik yutel letagorel mehashem kol mishpatel lost or cat into the lap where the decision depends on the Lord. The Vilna Gaon says, Bershon shouldn't think when they succeed in life. There's a question of kochi vote that I did it even if it comes out by a lottery. I'm sorry. It shouldn't think that it's you. He says, it's all coming from Hashem, even uh, what you think is coming from you, it's all coming from Hashem, and Hashem is deciding who's getting it, who's not getting it. So that's a version of Hashkacha Pratit, of divine providence that we might not always um, ascribe to. And there's a whole different discussion, different version of, of Hashkacha and God's providence and how it works. But that's what he understands this Pasuk, and certainly has a broad question of of understanding the way the world works and of saying to oneself or avoiding arrogance, these are important aspects of it, to recognize that so much in our life is out of our control and in that sense comes from Hashem for sure. Um, 
that it would be inappropriate and wrong for us to think of it as being ourselves. So these are some of the insights of the Vilnagon in this parak. And God willing, the next parak, Pasuk we'll be back with Rashi and have a little bit more rooms. He says somewhat less. We'll be able to perhaps have a little more menuchas um, uh, a more space to speak and to understand better. But for now, that is Parak Tzayin, Pasuk chapter 16 of the Book of Proverbs. Thank you, and have a good day.